today is Friday, January the 28th, and you're listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by North Shore Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Guy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody. Dolores, today was the last Friday of January. This is Happy at Work Day. So how did we celebrate today, Happy at Work Day? I think everyone was happy. Or they were supposed to be, anyways. Well, maybe we didn't have that official celebration. We better have that next week, Dolores. We're look into that, okay? I'll leave the planning to you, Jeff. That's uh, no problem. <laughs> Every day's a happy day. Every day. So a happy day. let's uh, reel it in. Talk about what we're here to talk about: the markets. Volatility, volatility. That's the name of the game. That's the name of the markets this week. Let's just say we're happy to do this podcast this Friday with uh, with the prices ending up where they did. So what well, happened, Jeff? So, volatility, corn, uh, so let's just look at the week, you know, uh, ah, let's look at prices. So, corn was up about $5, old crop, new crop, soybeans, the star of the week, old crop jumped up an amazing $27, new crop up 16 but new crop closed over $600, $603 for soybeans into the elevator here for this harvest of 2022 phenomenal number over $600 let's let's just say like we always say that's a pretty darn good place to start oh it's great lots of target orders hit on there so uh wheat was really mixed this week spring wheat was uh pretty much flat old new crop winter wheat volatility was the name of the game took off monday tuesday fell back wednesday thursday gained back a little bit today so, but so wheat actually was up about eight dollars over the week for both old crop and new crop. But it's a volatility. So, where does that volatility come from this week? What could be making the market so volatile? Well, for wheat, anyways, let's let's say probably the the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. The potential conflict between <laughs> Russia and Ukraine. That has brought in uncertainty. Uncertainty yes, it brings has. in volatility. Because the markets like to have certain things. They like to trade on supply, demand, things that are normal. When you bring in uncertainty on what might disrupt supply, demand, that's what happens. But there's, I want to go back to the Russia and Ukraine a little bit later. There's some other things in the markets this week. Uh, so for soybeans, I, I guess soybean oil, um, one of the things that was announced this week, Indonesia, they're the supplier of about 60% of the world's palm oil, which is a direct competitor. The soybean oil is the direct competitor for palm oil. And they announced that they're going to cut back exports to, uh, they're going to cut back exports to try and keep palm oil, domestic palm oil prices low. So the, in turn, soybean oil was supported by that. Which so the, supported this soybean complex. Yeah. So there's uh, what's happening in the vegetable oil markets, what's happened in wheat in the past with Russia putting on export curbs, tariffs really, to uh, to keep their domestic market supplied. So palm oil is the most widely used vegetable oil in the world market. Mm -hmm. Soybean oil is a little sister, so is canola oil, uh, sunflower oil, it's even smaller sisters. But the... So that's really has supported the price of oil. Like oil last year at this time, remember soybean oil last year was supporting the soybean complex big time. It was, yeah. And then in the fall, soybean meal took over mm -hmm. as the big, as the strong supporter. Demand in the U.S. Uh, for soybean meal 
that supported soybeans. And now we're back to both things are supporting soybeans. Soybean oil, so like you were talking about palm oil, palm oil is at a uh, record high price. Yeah. Uh, forever record high price. So that's bringing soybean oil prices up really strong. So with soybean oil supporting soybeans and soybean meal demand supporting soybeans, geez, we got higher prices. But there's another thing that was supporting soybeans this week. Well, I think probably the um, the news coming out of Brazil's with Brazil's crop, they're, they seem to be dropping uh, dropping estimates almost daily here. Rumors, 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 rumors. Rumor has it. (laughs) Nothing definite out of CONAB, which is the Brazil's uh, USDA. Nothing definite out of the USDA in cutting back Brazil's number, you know, other than what they did in the January report where they cut it back, what was it, 4 million tons or something. What are the estimates now, some of the private estimates between Brazil and Argentina? I saw somewhere where they're they're about down, they're down about 130 million metric tons right now. Or down to 130 million. So they'll be down about, you know, there's rumors of 25 to 35 million tons. Yeah. Rumors. But you know what? Those are big numbers. Those are big numbers to be decreased. So if any of that comes into effect really if, if they really are down that much you know those are big numbers so there's some big major importer around the world that buys a lot of beans from brazil yes china we can't seem to go a podcast without talking about china so one of the things that happened before the open of the market today was the usda re- reported some some export sales and one of them was to china they uh they purchased 9.7 million bushels of new crop soybeans uh, for next year. And then there was also a purchase from own, unknown destination and Mexico for old crop soybeans. It's old crop that they're way behind. What are the soybean exports in the States are about 25, 24, yep, 25% 24. behind, 24, 25. You know what? They're, they're way behind and soybeans are still strong. They are. So, but if Brazil doesn't have the crop somewhere along the way, China's got to come to the U.S. for for soybeans and but you just think but their their soy their exports are way behind in in soybeans they're way behind in corn too and they're slightly behind in wheat Mm -hmm. and the prices are still real strong like that just almost unheard of to say those things but it's just great so that that weather in south america and you know that created more volatility this week because weather started it did at the beginning of the week all of a sudden they were getting the rains and then it's uh, by the end of the week here well the rains are just about over mm-hmm. but they're going to have hot and dry again after this yeah it's kind of funny they they get the rains but now they're saying it's going to be hot and dry so a weather forecast is a or a weather market is a volatile market and that's definitely where we're at so we have volatility from russia we have volatility from the weather the vegetable oils are really providing lots of support. U.S. exports are behind. But some um, were announced, so the market's always, yeah. they do a little blip they, kind of they, as they that's announce. That's right. You've got the right word there. It's just a short-term thing. They announce, oh, this is good. We're, we're selling something. But they're still way behind. Yeah. And the best export was the next year one. The U.S. dollar is gaining strength this week. Interest rates, U.S. U.S. Canadian dollars down. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. Uh, they announced that they're probably going probably a great word again in the markets. Going to increase interest rates uh, four, five, six times this year. Canadian Bank of Canada governor said they're going to increase probably four times this year. But this volatility of 
again, potential conflict in Russia and the Ukraine. It ends up flowing money to the U.S. dollar around the world. The U.S. dollar is the safe haven historically, and that's made the U.S. currency stronger against most other currencies. So, Jeff, something we haven't talked about, I think, in quite a while is managed money. Have you heard anything recently about managed money? Managed money was on the wrong side in the wheat market. They were looking for prices to go down, which, remember, wheat was in a big negative trend for the last month, two months, six weeks in there. Wheat was just trending down, going down, going down. This potential conflict in Russia, wheat prices rallied, managed money was on the complete wrong side, so I'm sure they've had to liquidate a big portion of their... uh, Position. They were betting on the markets going down and they were winning. They were winning, 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 and then they lost big this week. Early in the week. <coughs> Who knows? Uh, that report actually always comes out on the following Tuesday for the, the week ending. So it'll be interesting to see next week uh, where that did end mm-hmm. up. So, one of the things, uh, if I just get back to the, our dollar, so our with our dollar being lower, it did support local basis levels yes. here in our eastern Ontario market, but Another thing in the Eastern Ontario market, we're finding that the end users for the, on the corn side and the wheat side have been uh, kind of pulling back some basis levels because they're too well supplied right mm-hmm. now. That's just something for people to think of. But I want to go back to volatility in Russia. And I, I put down one question here. How would an invasion by Russia into the Ukraine, how would that affect our markets? Just throw something out there, Dolores. What, how do you think that would affect our markets? I, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it would affect our markets. And that's where everybody really is. So we let's uh, throw a couple things. It probably drive up uh, energy prices. Russia is a big supplier of energy into Germany and other parts of Europe. So if that end up getting cut off and they uh, one of their pipelines runs through the Ukraine. So would that cut off the energy? Let's say it, it cuts off the energy flow because uh, the Western nations say they put on economic sanctions or do whatever against Russia. So that cuts off energy, drives up energy prices just because of a supply interruption. Now, would it interrupt wheat? It should drive up the prices of wheat. Russia and the Ukraine are both big exporters of wheat. Ukraine's the fourth or fifth largest exporter most years of corn into the world market. So what would happen? Sanctions would be put on those the, that, if that say, market and yeah. then, and well, then the if, market wouldn't have... A, if sanctions are put on against Russia, yeah. saying we're not going to trade with you, Russia, we're not buying your stuff, so the markets, world market's got to look other places, so that should drive up prices. So what I'm just getting at here... If Russia had a big invasion, our markets would go wild for a couple days. A day, half a day, two days, five days, who knows how long. So let's just say they they go wild. We have limit up days in corn. The corn and wheat, so let's say corn and wheat, those are the two bigger ones that are supplied from those areas. We have limit up days. So if corn goes limit up two days in a row, that's roughly a dollar a bushel in corn. Dollar a bushel is $40 a ton. So, and wheat, it's actually a little more than that for the two days. So, let's say if we added $40 to the price of corn, you know, old crop, be it 350 new crop at uh, 315 
So just snowballing it out here, throwing out a ball here. What do you think, Dolores, about putting in some, I hate to call them wish targets, but some target orders that are way over the market price right now? Outlandish target orders. Outlandish target orders that if something totally, you know, outside of normal supply demand, like a Russian invading, Russia invading the Ukraine was to happen, and it drove our markets crazy. You know, Jeff, I'm thinking about, we talked about it, and I don't know when, but probably within the last year. And I remember us sitting here and congratulating some guys that had put target orders in. And I remember, I I can't remember if it was you or me that had said, like, I remember writing this down for the farmer and thinking, man, that's a really high number. Like, that's never going to hit. And it did hit. So kudos to them for thinking to to put in a a wish target or whatever for for doing that because they probably put it in and I'm sure they thought about it from time to time. But then by the time it got there, they didn't have to quickly call in and be like, oh, this is the price I wanted. This is the price I had thought about. Like it was already in for already taken care of for them. So So I think. Those I, wish I targets. Let's put them in. I had a, one customer this week put in a target for new crop soybeans, harvest 2022 at $650. $50 over the market. Going to throw it out there to people. Just don't bet all your crop on it. Of course you know, not. 10%, 5%, whatever you want. But uh, throw some numbers in there just so you have something to, to think about in here. And uh, let's... Take advantage if something wild does happen in the marketplace. And, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, like, don't bet everything on it, but I think it's a good thing to do. And uh, I think, you know, we could even review this next week, see how many of those targets we get in. And uh, and this is a reminder that the market does trade overnight. Because tar- that's something that maybe sometimes we forget about, is that the market does trade overnight. And, and we're not always awake to see at where the market's going. I'm pretty sure if uh, Russia was to invade the Ukraine, it, odds of it happening between 9.30 in the morning and 2.30 in the afternoon are somewhat limited. That's that's only seven and a half hours or whatever, and it's uh, the mar- market trades for, what, seven and a half, eight hours a day or during the normal day, and uh, I'm pretty sure most days have 24 hours in them. Yep. So it's get those orders in, get some of those wild outlandish targets in here. I that's why I'd like to leave it this week. This is remember volatility, volatility, and let's if it is to happen, let's take advantage of it. So we did promise you last week that we would have someone on this week to talk about input costs and fertilizer prices, but unfortunately, everyone we uh, asked <laughs> was busy this Friday, so we're going to try again next week. Um, because we think that's a good topic to talk about going, uh, I know spring planting seems to be, seems like it's still far away, but it's probably closer than we, we, uh, realize. So brings me back to the best, the smartest thing a customer said to me this week was I just locked in my fertilizer prices. So now I want to sell something. I know what I need now. That's right. It's always good to, it's, it's good practice to know what your cost of production is. That's for sure. It helps sound, you make some uh, sound decisions. I sounds think. great, Dolores. You know, we'll leave that in your capable hands to get a person for next week and we'll go from there. Now remember everybody, get those targets in. Let's get some nice outlandish wish targets in there. Two days up in the corn markets, only two limit up days, only $40. So you only need a little more than that to get $50. So let's get them in.
Thanks uh, so much for tuning in this week. Hope everyone has a safe weekend. All the power to the Freedom Convoy that okay, is uh, that, heading so. into Ottawa. And I know some of our some of our guys have uh, <clears throat> seen, observed <laughs> on their way home today from uh, from their routes. So uh, uh, wish everyone a, a safe uh, safe weekend and. Uh, we uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week. Big time. Stay safe, everybody. Talk again soon. Bye for now.